Hi, this is Angelotta. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 53, Cobbled Together a Nutsack. Um, my voice is going to be a little rough on this. I've got a cold or the flu or COVID or, or the plague. Anyway, I realize that my podcast seems to be a random selection of bitching and doesn't have any core reason for existing, like someone's podcast on Minecraft cheats or whatever. But there is a central core to this shit show, and it's trying to recover some sense of rational discussion and debate in a world that seems bereft of it. As such, I often point out hypocrisies, because those are a pretty good indication of somebody having a weak point of view. Here's my latest favorite. As I discussed in my last two podcasts, there's a renewed hysteria over climate change, and the latest UN report made it clear that we need to act massively and immediately if we are to dry the salty tears of Greta Thunberg. The Biden administration have used this report as a wake-up call and another realization that we are in an existential crisis. Now, it's the same existential crisis we've been in since Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth, which is 15 years old now, but we no longer have any options. We need to change our society right now. Fossil fuels must end now, and the same fucking week that the Biden administration sounding this alarm, they came out publicly to urge OPEC to increase oil output because they fear the increased gas prices in the U.S. will harm them politically in the upcoming congressional races. <laughs> I can't even make this shit up. Of course, the best way to coax the country to rely on energy sources outside of fossil fuels, or to explore a different lifestyle, would be to have gas prices skyrocket. Instead, the Biden administration has their panties in a bundle, finding a way to keep the prices down for their political benefit. It would be so funny if it didn't make my brain hurt. So other than hypocrisy, there are also those arguments that waste our time because they just make different groups angry. That is... Everyone instantly has an opinion and they love sharing it with their homogeneous social media friends. But there's no discussion. You're just angry or not. Uh, like the canceling of certain Dr. Seuss books because they don't conform to today's standards. Is that okay? No discussion. So let me just solve it for you all. Nah, that's not. Or there's the fact that Robin is coming out as bisexual in the Batman comic books. Is that okay? Let me solve that one for you too. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I think most of us grew up believing that Batman and Robin were in some kind of weird homosexual pedophilic relationship. It's like Bruce Wayne and his young ward, Dick Grayson. Come on, Dick, let's slide down a pole and come out wearing tights. I accepted that. Um... This new, though, bisexual Robin seems to be a move towards a more wholesome character. At least now he's asking guys his own age out on dates. But besides hypocrisy and snap judgments on cultural issues, there's another problem, which is maybe even worse, which is the lack of debate on complex issues. That is, there are certain issues where the political cultural lines are harder to draw. And unfortunately, that also means that these issues are less likely to be clickbait. I mean, I could 
have a podcast episode named WTF, Robin Likes Buttholes. And I'm sure that would do well for clicks from people on both sides of the issue. In fact, my top episodes in terms of downloads are those on religion, I'm guessing because they piss off everybody. Which brings me to an issue that's dominated the news but not resulted in much discussion amongst the opinionated assholes in the cable network world, and that is Afghanistan. I'm pretty sure now everyone has tuned out and I'm talking to myself, but whatever, I want to talk Afghanistan. Obviously, you're aware that Afghanistan is currently in crisis because the Taliban has overtaken the country as the U.S. and U.N. pulled out other forces. The Biden administration has basically said this isn't our fight anymore. The Afghan government and people should have fought for themselves. They didn't. And they didn't fight for their future. And so we can wash our hands of this. I'm sure also that most people are aware that the Taliban is an Islamist group who wish to reinstate Sharia Islamic law within Afghanistan and that many people's rights will be lost in the country, especially women who in very strong regions uh, ruled by the Taliban previously weren't allowed to have education or certain jobs. Um, So there's some human rights concerns here. So should the United States have stayed in Afghanistan to protect the right of Afghanis? That is, we went in because we were pissed off and we wanted to get the terrorists. But now, should we stay because it will protect people's rights, especially women and those people who helped the U.S. over the last 20 years of our presence there? And that's a complex question. There's not an easy answer. Used to be back in the day, uh, we discussed things called the just war theory. That is, when is a war just or not? And back in the day, by the way, goes back to St. Augustine. But uh, there's not much discussion of that anymore. There's discussion of how badly this was botched in terms of the withdrawal, but not whether we should have done the withdrawal in the first place. And I think this is an important question because it determines the values and goals of our federal government and how we see ourselves and our country. It's far more important than most of the debates that light up Tucker Carlson's asshole every evening, but it isn't happening. And sadly, I think that's because we're too used to being given the answers to the test. That is, we like it when our political affiliations already give us the answers of what our opinion should be. But in this case, it doesn't provide the answers in the same way that our political affiliations can determine our Opinions on vaccine mandates or transgender bathroom issues or whether SpongeBob SquarePants is gay. When Republican George W. Bush declared the war on Afghanistan in 2001 after 9-11, 88% of Americans backed military action, according to Gallup polls. 88% of Americans. Holy shit. In contrast, only 86% of Americans like the movie Finding Nemo, according to Rotten Tomatoes. That one goes out to Maxine. Then along came Obama, and he came in pledging to remove all the troops in Afghanistan, but he didn't. Then Trump came in, and he promised to take all the troops out. He didn't. He did make um, a 
ceasefire with the Taliban and gave them back a whole bunch of prisoners, but he didn't get everybody withdrawn. And now Biden is moving in to do the job. The point is, is this is not a bipartisan issue. The Trump wing of the Republican Party is fairly isolationist, are as many young Republicans. The liberal base of the Dem Party has always been anti-war. There's just not an appetite to spend resources or send troops to places around the world. In fact, of all the horrible things Trump did in his presidency, I thought the worst was withdrawing troops from Syria, north of Syria, and letting our previous Kurdish allies be destroyed by the Turks. And I actually thought that would be the end of his shit presidency. I said, well, this is the end. Eh, but no one cared. No, no one cared. You may not even remember that that happened. So the point is, I don't remember when we all decided to change our view on the way the United States does its foreign policy. I mean, it certainly is the case that the United States has a part of its mythology, the virtue of protecting those who cannot protect themselves. One of the most American of art forms is the Western, whether in book or film, where a dominant motif is sacrificing oneself to save someone who is weak or innocent. We revel in our defeat of Nazi Germany and releasing Jews from concentration camps. Even if we had to be kicked in the ass by the Japanese to do it, we like that we did it. I like that we did it. I like that about the U.S., I don't remember the discussion to say that we're not going to be that anymore. And maybe that's just my toxic masculinity speaking. But I thought there should be a discussion. I mean, is it in the national interest of the U.S. to stay in Afghanistan? Well, their well-being doesn't affect our economy like Saudi Arabia or Kuwait does. Though one may remember, if you have any historical background, that Osama bin Laden started up Al-Qaeda in the aftermath of the last Afghanistan war. This, that one was with the Soviet Union. And he ended up co-opting a lot of the leftover U.S. military equipment that we set o- sent over for the war and used that against us. And now the Taliban is taking advantage of another war ending and they're grabbing up all our Humvees and weapons that we're leaving behind. So maybe you can make a case for being the national interest. But I'm more persuaded by my view of America from the old Western, which is a selfless interest. Remember Malala, the Pakistani girl who spoke out against the Taliban because they didn't allow girls to go to school? And then she was shot in the head on a school bus by a member of the Taliban. She survived, went to England, won the Nobel Peace Prize. Remember her? How many Malalas do we leave behind now? who had a taste of freedom, got to go to school, got to have careers that they would normally wouldn't, and now they're about to lose it again. If it was a movie and you had a Malala dealing with this and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone would go in and you know fight for their freedom, you'd be in for it. One of my favorite moments in my life was during Hurricane Maria. Remember that one? That's the one that kind of beat the shit out of Puerto Rico. But during it, we had a family of one of our friends stay with us because they were from South Florida, and that was being evacuated, and we were in North Florida. We lost power from a cu- for a couple days because of the storm, and I would sit on the porch during those days drinking beer and talking with the father of the family who was from Afghanistan. 
And in Afghanistan, he had a really good job, really nice house. He took a lot of pride in that house. And one day, the Taliban came and told him he was to hand over his 13-year-old daughter to be married to one of the Taliban men. His father went home and he grabbed his family, took them on an arduous and dangerous journey to get out of Afghanistan in order to save his children. He never saw the house again or his brothers or sisters. He was really one of the most amazing men I've ever met. And the daughter he saved was the one who became our friend and she's one of the sweetest humans alive. Remember when the storm ended, the power finally came back on after a couple days. Father and I went in the house and danced all night to Daddy Yankee. His daughter said it was the first time in her life she ever saw him dance. So I don't know. We have 28,500 troops in South Korea, 36,000 in Germany, 54,000 in Japan. We had 2,500 in Afghanistan and pulled them out and watched it collapse. I don't have an answer about whether we should spend money and risk lives to save more people like my friend and Malala and my friend's father. But I think it's a discussion worth having. Shaky, shaky, pass the tequila, out!